It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, no Josh today, but across from me, the founder of Corhorn Financial Group, my business partner, Kevin Corhorn. So we're staying curious this morning and we're asking some questions like, could you do financial planning to set yourself up to never pay taxes in retirement? Is that possible? And should you even aim for that if it were possible? And lastly, what are the strategies you'd implement if you're going to try to achieve this? All that and more on this episode of The Wise Money Show. Spoiler alert, you can. You can. With some creative planning, we're going to help you with that and tell you those strategies. If you have a question for the program, we would love to hear from you. You can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media. Wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search The Wise Money Show. So, guys, I'm super excited about this. Uh, so we we work as a team, Corhorn Financial Groups, a team of about 80 different financial professionals, varying in experience and varying in specialty. But with the heartbeat of comprehensive financial planning, these professionals working together in their own specialties, but collaborating to deliver comprehensive financial planning to you, financial wisdom to you. And we were at a an all-advisor meeting, we call it Deep Work, and one of our all-star CFPs, Amy Masters, was showing, using some of the financial software that we use, planning software, showing some modeling of a, of a retirement plan and showed a new module that showed, I mean, how geeky is this? But you can tell I'm excited. Um, out there in retirement, based on just the five-factor retirement plan that we'd built, this is your tax bracket each year, and this is how much tax this person would pay every single year. And then she said, look at how easy it is to forecast and, and illustrate this tax planning strategy. And she clicked a button and no one really talked about it. It was sort of like, ooh, ah, and then we, we kept going. She clicked a button and it showed the taxes increased a little bit for the first 10 years of this projection. And then around early 70s, the tax line went flat at zero. Mm -hmm. With a click of a button, and the power of comprehensive financial planning, she illustrated, hey, if you implement this strategy, yeah, you'll pay a little bit more taxes for the next 12 years, and then you'll pay no tax for the rest of your life. Now, I'm not saying that's what everyone should do, but what a powerful vision. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because you say, all right, well, shouldn't I pay just a little tax? There's, I mean, if you're married filing jointly, the 10% tax bracket, you could pay tax on $20,000. So, and and I, when I, when Mike first started talking about this, I started to argue with him as I usually do. 10 minutes before the show, I try to completely rearrange uh, the show, um, almost every show. And Mike is fond of that. And, but, <laughs> but I, I said, okay, so this is, there are six areas of financial planning. The, the area we're going to deal with today is tax planning. And that's the that's the one of the six. And we have had the argument before, is that the most important area of financial planning? And certainly based on your on, on where you are in your life, it can be the most crucial one. Now there are other times where you say, Oh no, no, right now the most important thing is what do I do about my Medicare supplement? Or 
oh no, I'm I just found out that I've got 60 days to make a decision whether I leave the company and get severance or not, and I need to know what to do with this money. What that feels like the most important, but if you said overriding your entire financial life, what's the most important thing? And we, I would argue it's tax planning. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was, I was up in my old stomping grounds yesterday in Big Rapids, Michigan. Just love me some Big Rapids. Mm-hmm. And uh, with my good friend and one of our rock star planners, Ben DeBach. And um, we were, we talked to a number of folks and uh, almost, well, every, every person that we talked to, we said, who helps you with your tax planning? No one. No one is getting help with their tax planning. This is this is what gets me out of bed every morning. Is there so much work to be done in these communities that are underserved as it relates to financial services? And the big idea here with with tax planning is uh, tax preparation is reactive. You're just okay. Put the right number in the right box. Tax planning is proactive, looking ahead. What are the opportunities that exist for you to pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime? And then, and this is where the point the argument. Kevin and I had right before we started. And and then which of those strategies should you implement? That's where you've got to look at all six areas of your financial plan. You can come up with a bunch of ideas, tax planning strategies. Yeah, but which ones are great? Which ones are the ones you should implement? That's why you need wisdom. So here's the deal. It's going to sound like we're talking about taxes. You can't. You can't just isolate one area of your financial life and silo that and say, well, I'm just going to focus on this. You can't talk about the strategies we're about to share without also looking at your retirement plan. It's completely infused inside of your retirement plan. You can't talk about these strategies without also talking about cash flow, your present financial position. It'd be impossible. What about estate planning? If you're going to structure your financial life and your financial plan to never pay taxes again, that is setting yourself up to leave a pretty astounding legacy and inheritance to your kids if that's something you desire to do. So you're talking about estate planning. Of course, investment planning. How should you invest? Uh, structure your investments in these different buckets? You have to discuss that. And the last strategy we're going to share goes right directly to the heart of protection planning as well. Guys, you can't escape it. The the six areas of your financial life, you can't treat as separate uh, areas. They're all connected. The seemingly disconnected parts of your financial life need to be connected together in order for you to make great financial decisions. We'd say wise financial decisions. Right. So like I said, this show is going to be about tax planning. No, I'm just uh, just be okay so so here's the thing we're gonna we're gonna lay out and this isn't separate strategies but all with the aim of if you were trying to set yourself up financial planning uh, where you would where you would get to a point where you'd never have to pay tax in retirement that's right what would you need to do what are some ideas and these aren't separate ideas they'll sort of build on each other and then we'll tie it all together the first one is the one that Amy illustrated. She was showing, hey, this is someone's financial plan. There are five factors. This is the result. This is the taxes. Now, what if, and guys get this, this is the power. This is what if throughout that early part of retirement, we said we're going to do a Roth conversion. Kevin, I'm going to have you explain what that is just to level the playing field. A Roth conversion up to the top of the 12% tax bracket. And we'll just apply that every year that it 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 fits. And voila. That's mm-hmm. what allowed this this couple to go from, oh, okay, filling up the 12% tax bracket for the next 10 or so years and then pay no tax for the rest of their life. All right, so 
Roth conversion, that's the first strategy. So what is it? Let's get into those details. Yeah, well, there, there are a couple of ways to get money into a Roth IRA. The first way is to contribute. So that means every year I get a coupon and I can put a certain amount into a Roth IRA. And um, it depends on how old I am. If I'm 50 plus, I can put a little bit more in. Uh, in 2023, I can put 6500 into a, an IRA. Now, I can do that into a traditional IRA. A lot of times people think traditional IRA. They're thinking it's pre-tax. I can do it into a Roth IRA only after tax money can go into a Roth IRA. Now, that's important because you say, okay, so if one way to get money into a Roth IRA is to contribute, what's the other way? And the other way is to convert. Um, like I said, Ben and I were doing this presentation. We are actually doing it at a church yesterday. And what an appropriate place to talk about conversions because <laughs> we were talking about how do we get you know pre-tax money into an after-tax vehicle, and the way to do it is to pay the taxes. So I take pre-tax money, convert it from, think, traditional IRA to my Roth IRA. In that, in that calendar year that I do that event, I'm going to pay taxes on the amount that went from my traditional IRA to my Roth IRA. So if I had, I know we're not supposed to use numbers on the radio, but if I had 100 grand and I moved 10,000 from my traditional IRA to my Roth IRA, I'll pay taxes on that 10 grand that year. That's right. So we're going to kind of lay that out a little bit more because for a lot of people, and like I said with this, with this quote unquote rule, um, if you're in a low tax bracket today, you should consider it. No one loves the idea of paying taxes today when you don't absolutely have to. But listen, you are going to have to pay tax on that money at some point. So if you're in a low tax bracket today, or you believe tax brackets are low today, tax rates, maybe you should do that. But there's a couple things that you need to be aware of regarding withholdings and so on. So we want to lay that out. And then what other strategies could you combine with this Roth conversion to set yourself up through proactive, comprehensive financial planning to never pay taxes in retirement ever? We're going to help you with that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What can you do to set yourself up to never pay taxes again? I, I, I almost chuckle when I say it, but could you structure your finances so that you pay taxes maybe while you're working or the first chunk of retirement and then set yourself up to never pay taxes again? Yes, that's possible. We're helping you with those strategies. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Across from me, my business partner and fellow CFP, Kevin Corhorn. No Josh Gregory today. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, go check it out. Search the Wise Money Show and uh, subscribe or follow it there and then uh, and then rate the program there. We, we appreciate that. So we're talking about how uh, what strategies you could implement to set yourself up to never pay taxes again in retirement. And these are not separate strategies. These are different tax planning strategies that maybe you bundled together given your situation and it can set you you up to to never pay taxes uh, in retirement. So the first one we're still in the middle of and that is that is being strategic about the timing but doing Roth conversions. And the scenario we laid out was your CFP or certainly you know our our team at Corhorn Financial Group can lay out a projection of well what if what would your retirement look like if you did Roth conversions 
anytime you were in the 12% tax bracket up to the top of the 12% or anytime you're in the 22% tax bracket up to the top of the 22% bracket and can model out and can forecast out, well, what would that mean to your financial life, your your total assets and your long-term financial plan? So the Roth conversion is extremely powerful. So here's the question. If you find yourself in a low tax bracket today, work with your CFP and see if you should be doing Roth conversions. If you're not yet 59 and a half, Kevin, this is where we left off. Mm -hmm. You said anytime when you're making that conversion, shifting dollars from pre-tax to Roth, you're going to pay tax. And Mm -hmm. if you're listening to that, you might say, well, then why would I do it? Because then once it's in the Roth, it's going to grow tax-free forever. You'll never pay tax on that. Your kids will never pay, pay tax on that. But you'll just have to pay tax in the year you convert. If you're not yet age 59 and a half, how are you going to pay those taxes? You might say, well, I'll just withhold. If you withhold, that money left your IRA and it didn't land into your Roth IRA. Therefore, those withholdings are considered a withdrawal. And not only would that be taxable, it'd also be penalized if you're not yet age 59 and a half. So we've helped lots of people do Roth conversions while they're working, while they're not yet 59 and a half, but you've got to find a different way. So it doesn't mean it's a bad strategy just because if you, you know, you can't really withhold, but you've got to find a different way to, to cover the taxes. Yeah. And, and this is where if you, if you're listening and you say, wait a minute, I, I was excited about, you know, how do I never pay taxes in, in retirement? And you, you just want the, the summary. Here it is. If you're, if you're in, if you're 60 or older, you need to have a 30-year tax projection. So you need to know exactly how much and when you're going to pay taxes over your lifetime. If you're younger, this is where, to me, Mike, this show really is to the younger person. This is to someone in their 30s or 40s who is saying, what do I want my financial life to look like? Because you have a choice. You're you're a, a, a fork in the road. And what did Yogi Bear say? When you come to a fork in the road, take it. Um but he's you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, I'm either going to pay taxes now and pay little to none in retirement, or I'm going to avoid paying taxes now. Again, I'm 30 to 40. I'm avoiding paying taxes now, and I'm choosing to pay taxes in retirement. Mm-hmm. So this is where you want to figure out what kind of decisions am I going to make today and what kind of flexibility and freedom will that give me in the future? Because the other thing is, if you said, "Okay, I've got a, I've got a thirty-year tax. I'm sixty-five and I've got a thirty-year tax projection," that it, that all works until there's, if you're married, until there's just one of you. So your spouse is gone. Now the calculus changes completely. And that's where I would, uh, I would politely agree and disagree with you because oh dear. the there is a significant power in doing Roth conversions mm-hmm. early in retirement mm-hmm. because normally mm-hmm. if you're if you're if you're married um you know you're not you're not at advanced age yet and mm-hmm. and so doing Roth conversions can set you up for at some point being a widower widower at some point you know hopefully that's decades down the line you also can set yourself up to avoid RMD and put mm-hmm. some controls there. Um, you're going to hopefully set yourself up to avoid Irma out there in the future. Mm-hmm. And so I think early in retirement, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely, This, this is especially the second strategy we're going to share in just a moment. 
very much applies if you're in your 30s or 40s. Have a vision for what tax planning and how you want your taxes to look out there in retirement. But don't miss this if you're on the doorstep of retirement. You have a lot of control and a mm-hmm. lot of influence over whether, like, what you do to set yourself up to pay less taxes or even no taxes in retirement via Roth conversions early in retirement. Because again, that benefit, no RMD, you know, helps you with IRMA, those sorts of things, could also help reduce the tax you pay on your Social Security mm-hmm. out there in the future. Sure. And all of that money, again, in the Roth would grow tax-free for your financial life and early in retirement you're still young there's decades more left for these dollars to grow yeah and and so we hit the the kind of the older folks and the younger folks but you say if you're in your 50s what are you thinking about in your 50s this is this is if you're if you're a gamer and you want to play the game you play the game to win i would think about how do i show up at 60 with what i would call either um, lifestyle control or cash flow control. Mm. Because in order to do this, you might say, hey, listen, I want to do these conversions, but I'm drawing Social Security. And so the more I pull out of my IRA to put in my Roth IRA, the more tax I'm going to pay on my Social Security benefit. Well, if you've got great uh, diversification of different pools of money and cash flow control, you might be able to say, hey, I'm not going to take Social Security. I'm going to let that benefit grow at 8% a year. And I'm going to – so because basically the question is, in my 60s, am I going to pull money out of my IRA and put it in my Roth and pay tax on $1.50? Or am I going to pull it out and pay tax on a dollar? That's right. That's exactly right. So I love the idea, uh, and it's not for everyone, but if you've got cash flow control and 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 and, and lifestyle control, really – delaying your social security and doing Roth conversions early in retirement. Love it. Okay. So we already sort of mentioned this, but the second strategy in addition to doing Roth conversions is doing what you already said, Kevin, and that is funding your Roth IRA or Roth 401k. And yeah, that's for, you know, 20, 20s, 30s, 40s. Yes, 50s as well, but you probably have contributed a lot by then. But this is the obvious one. You have a choice to when you're making your retirement contributions, do you want the deduction today? and invest pre-tax, whether IRA or 401k? Or do you want to pay tax on your contribution today and have those dollars grow tax-free for the rest of your life, i.e. contributing Roth IRA, Roth 401k? If, I did this math here, I've done a few videos about this, uh, one of my uh, best friends growing up and, and roommate in college, he when, when he graduated, we graduated, he said, hey, I, I've, he was working in construction. And this is before 08, so his life changed, unfortunately, early in his career. And, and, uh, but he said, Mike, I don't really know a lot about this, but my dad has told me that I have to max out my Roth IRA every single year of my career. And he was 23 at that time. I did the math, and I made it a little bit easier. What if you maxed out your Roth IRA for 35 years? So say from age 30, so we're giving you a couple years to be young, mm-hmm. until age 65. Or if you say, I want to retire early, I've got that vision, from 25 to age 60. If you earned 8% on that money and on average per year, and you didn't increase your Roth contribution limits, it was just 6,500 a year, 1.1 million. Yeah. million in your Roth IRA growing tax-free for your retirement. And imagine if you're married. 
Yeah, and, and you both did that. And you're growing that at eight percent. I mean, yeah. that's not a good growth mutual fund growing at thirteen <laughs> percent. Yeah, right. Uh, as tried to be a little more realistic. <laughs> yes. But there is so there's significant power in contributing over time, starting when you're young. But and so you you know that start as early as possible, compound interest, stay disciplined, all that sort of stuff. But if but often when you hear those axioms or we, when you hear those mottos. They leave off the tax planning piece. Mm-hmm. There is incredible power. Now, if you're if you're young and in a really high tax bracket, kudos to you. And you might, it's probably better for you to get that tax deduction. But if you're not and you have a vision for being t- having tax diversification or paying no tax in retirement, my goodness, start early, get the benefits of compound interest, all that sort of stuff, and do it in a Roth IRA. Do it in a Roth 401k. What are the other strategies to help you avoid paying tax in retirement? We've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Is there a way to contribute to retirement accounts pre-tax and still set yourself up to not pay taxes in retirement or later in retirement? Yes, we're helping with that and more. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn. Every episode of the Wise Money Show, as well as a lot of other content, is on the YouTube channel. I think our producer, Lindsay, even just posted the most recent blooper reel. So go check that out. A lot of content there every show, bloopers, and lots of other content that we drop uh, all throughout the work week. So go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, follow us there. And if you like that blooper reel, uh, give... Give uh, Lindsay that thumbs up there. So we're talking about right now setting yourself up to, I mean, we always say part of tax planning is paying the least amount of tax over your entire lifetime, if not multiple lifetimes. And sometimes that means paying a little bit more tax today so you can avoid paying even more tax out there in the future. And so taking that to an extreme what could you do? Is it even possible to set yourself up to pay no tax out there in retirement? It is. We've been sharing the strategies. This third strategy hits on, Kevin, what you were just saying over the break. And that is, well, wait a second. I don't think it makes a ton of sense for most people to have all of your savings be after tax. And I would completely agree for, for most people, okay? You're going to want tax diversification. And you might say, well, diversification, that's an investment term. I know, but from a tax standpoint, if you've got different dollars that are, okay, these dollars over here, those are growing taxable. I'm going to have to pay tax on those at some point in the future. These other dollars over here, they're growing tax-free, okay? Um, It makes a lot of sense for most people to have that tax diversification because there's other strategies you can do out there in retirement, specifically the qualified charitable distribution. Yeah, so the qualified charitable distribution, you're eligible to do that at 70 and a half. And why 70 and a half? Um, because that is, that's a magic age. That's it, right. It used to be even more magical, and then they, the Congress removed some magic and sprinkled it over age uh, 73 and even 75. So if you were born in 1960 or um, later, earlier, um, you you're gonna take your um, your required minimum distributions at age 75. This is not a required minimum distribution or an RMD. It's a QCD. What is that? That is taking money from my IRA 
at 70 and a half or older, and I can do up to 100,000 per calendar year, and I take it right from my IRA straight to a charity. What happens is I don't pay taxes on that federally or state. And you say, well, what? I, how does it make some sense of that? Okay, well, there's a couple ways to do it. I've got my IRA, and again, I've got 100 grand in my IRA. I can call up Mike and say, hey, Mike, can you send me $10,000? I want to give some money to my church. Or you could say, I need three grand a month from my IRA to supplement my Social Security, my income, and to cover all my expenses. Well, are any of those expenses donating to charity, giving to church? Yeah, I tithe every single week. So, so think about it like that. Either way, this strategy could apply. Yeah. So, so I'm, I, I'm, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just wanna do a one-time yeah. gift. So yeah. I said, hey, Mike, can you send me ten grand? Well, then he's gonna say, do you want any withholdings on it? And I'm like, well, no, don't do any withholdings on it because I'm going to give it to the charity, so I'm not worried about it. Well, the flaw in that thinking is, I'm going to pay state tax on that. Even if I itemized with my deductions, I'm still gonna pay state tax on that. So. I take the money, I put it in my checking account, and then I write a check to the church. I write a check to the educational institution to fill in the blank. Um, what happens is now that that dollar amount is going to show up on the front page of my tax return, and it will it will come off below the line, and and in as a deduction if I can. If you itemize, it, and for most people that are. So what are what are possible itemized deductions? So medical expenses above a certain threshold, okay? Mm -hmm. um, mortgage interest, mm -hmm. okay? And charitable contributions, okay? And state and local taxes. And state and local taxes. That are capped at 10,000. So think about this. You've got to be 70 and a half to consider the QCD. At age 70 and a half, you're probably on Medicare, so you probably don't have a ton of out-of-pocket medical expenses. You probably don't have an enormous mortgage. If you still do have a mortgage, hopefully the interest is pretty low on it. Hopefully you're not paying a ton of state taxes either. So it is extremely unlikely, given today's high standard deductions. Oh, by the way, we also didn't mention that once you turn age 65, you get an extra increase in your standard deduction. Right. It is highly unlikely. I mean, I think you're being too generous that oh, you might itemize, you might get a benefit from yeah, this. No, no, you're right. It's, it's highly unlikely you're going to. Because that, that all changed in 2018 when they said, hey, we're going to make it, we're going to simplify the tax brackets, and we're going to make your tax return so you can file it on a postcard. <laughs> and for those of you who have been sending in those postcards, congratulations. But they, they took away the exemptions, which is I get a, a, a coupon just for being me, say, you know, say 3500 bucks. So if there were five people in my family, it was five times 35. So I would have exemptions and I would have deductions. Well, basically, they took away the exemptions, and now I just have deductions. So this is a these deductions. It's a big number. For, think if I'm seventy, I, I don't know. I'm close to. It's close to thirty grand. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's unlikely that I'm itemizing unless there are some some special uh, considerations. So in order to get the full benefit, the federal tax benefit and the state tax benefit. But the other thing, and this is what Ben brilliantly illustrated in his presentation last night was, if I, if that money never shows up on my tax return, I'm also not paying, I'm, I'm not pulling social security income over to pay tax on as well. Right. And so, I mean, Ben, ben showed where it's a 
it's on on a on a ten thousand dollar gift directly to the church. You're it's north of two thousand dollars of tax savings by doing it QCD versus putting my checking account and writing the check. And here's the thing: net net net, the church gets ten grand. The difference is the federal government gets about two grand less. Now, I don't know if you're driving right now, you'd say send the money to the federal government because these roads need some help. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, it's it's a meaningful benefit. So I would encourage you, if you're in the habit of giving and you're close to 70 and a half, or you know someone who is that's in the habit of giving, they're close to 70 and a half and they have retirement dollars, they should understand how what are the what are the mechanics logistically? How does a qualified charitable distribution work so it comes right off the top and doesn't contaminate my tax situation? And, and that's sort of the idea. I mean, going back to how could you set yourself up to never pay tax in retirement again if you're in a situation right now where you're listening to this saying, okay, yeah, guys, sounds great. I'm in a pretty high tax bracket right now. I've got a lot of income right now. And in retirement, I'm not going to have this much income. So- I, do, I really don't want to pay more taxes today. I want tax deductions. That's fine. That's fine. And again, for most people, you've got to optimize that and take a look and say, it's not one size fits all. Have some tax diversification. And with those pre-tax dollars, if you're donating to the church or there's causes you care about, consider the QCD as a potential strategy out there in the future to pull dollars from those pre-tax accounts and you not pay tax on them. You got a tax deduction when you made the contribution and you're able to pull those dollars out and not pay any tax on them. Get this question all the time. Well, I'm gifting to my kids. Can I pull this money out and give it to the kids? No. A qualified charitable distribution, uh, emphasis on that C, stands for charitable, not children. But, Even if you're feeling pretty <laughs> charitable by helping them, it's uh, it's got to go. And Kevin has said this, but I, I really want to punch it. It's got to go directly from your IRA, directly to that charity. It can't be, well, send it to me and then I'll send it to them. Or I've been making donations a tithe every single week to the church, so just reimburse me for that. Nah, it doesn't work that way. They set up the rules where it's got to go directly from your IRA, directly to that charity. Kevin mentioned you can do it once a year. A lot of people do that at the end of the year, uh, you know, sort of a a lump sum uh, year-end gift, something like that. But I do see a lot of people where this QCD makes a ton of sense. And as I explain it to them, they say, well, I mean, I just make my contribution automatically monthly, and this seems like it'd be a, a pain. It might, it would be a change. I don't think it'd be a pain. It would be a change and there'd be meaningful tax benefits because of it. So, so consider this QCD strategy on top of, should you fund your Roth IRA? Should you be doing Roth conversions? All of those synthesized can help you pay no tax out there in retirement, but there's more, there's more strategies. We're going to help you with that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here, friends. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, we're missing Josh today. No Josh, but across from me, Kevin Corhorn. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media. Wherever you're at, we are there as well, helping you with a important... No one wants to pay more taxes than they really 
than they're really, uh, you know, supposed to. No one does. I've never seen anyone, and and I think this was a point Warren Buffett made. You know, if you're, if, if for those that say, um, you know, the deficit's too big, people aren't paying their fair share of tax, all that sort of stuff. I've never seen anyone say, I'm going to contribute to my 401k pre-tax. You know what? Don't give me that deduction. I don't. I don't need it. I'd rather pay the tax. I'm going to contribute pre-tax, but I don't want the deduction. I've never seen anyone say, oh, you're going to give me that standard deduction? I don't need it. I don't mm-hmm. want it. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. How can you structure your financial decisions, your financial plan to set yourself up to pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime and if possible, maybe even get to a point where you're paying no tax? Did this recently with a, a planning client, fan of the Wise Money Show, that we'd been we'd been working this plan for ah, 10, 10 years maybe? where we were looking and when they first started doing planning, all of their dollars were pre-tax, about a million bucks. And they were semi-retired or were going to retire soon. And we'd been doing Roth contributions, Roth conversions strategically so that we got to this mixture, this concoction of Roth to to pre-tax such that as they pulled dollars out of their pre-tax accounts in retirement, it would be such a small amount that it wouldn't trigger Social Security mm-hmm. to be taxable, mm-hmm. and um, and they would essentially be in the 10% or 0% tax bracket. So it's possible with some proactive tax planning. We've talked about doing Roth conversions. We've talked about funding your Roth 401k, Roth IRA. We've talked about that tax diversification and out there in the future doing QCDs. Now we're going to invite your protection planning into your life, and that is should you consider funding your HSA and viewing that as part of the strategy to pay no tax in retirement. Yeah, and the HSA, it, it's, it really is a, a, a whole nother show because there's so much to it. But basically, an HSA is a health savings account. I'm eligible con- to contribute to an HSA if I've got a high deductible health plan. Now, you might hear that and say, well, I've got a health plan and my deductible is really high. Well, okay, that's fine. It, the government actually sets the the kind of the rules and the credentials for what it what makes a health plan a high deductible health plan. But if you're eligible to contribute, again, there are two ways to contribute to your HSA. One way is via payroll, and so you run that through payroll, and it goes. I um, man, I, I was talking to a guy yesterday. I'm like, well, how are you doing your HSA? And he was trying to figure out how much to do, and and he said, I'm doing it through payroll. That's good because there's some tax, there's some meaningful tax savings there, including if you're maxing out your HSA, you can save uh, over 500 bucks in FICA. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is meaningful. But he said, well, it's just coming out of payroll and going right into my bank. And I said, well, that's great. What's your bank paying you on that? And he said, uh, nothing. Well, yeah, because right now, statistically, about 40% of the deposits in the bank, um, and I just saw this like at, at, at one of the big banks of America, they're, they're um, like 40% of the deposits are paying nothing. <laughs> and I think, well, what is going to happen to these big banks if the the depositors wake up and say, wait a minute, I'm getting nothing and I could be getting 4 to 5% yeah. by just changing the account yes why didn't my bank tell me it's highly unprofitable for them to tell you and and you know what they've got stuff on the longer end of the curve and if you move your money they've got big problems so anyway i said look you want to do you want to figure out how to get your money via payroll deduction that's great 
but get it into something that's going to pay you even better. So I can do it via payroll deduction. I can also do it at the um, end of the year when I'm doing my tax return and I look and I say, okay, well, how much did I put into my uh, my HSA? And if I'm a family, I could put 7,750, so 7,750. Well, if I only put um, six grand in, my tax preparer, if they're helping with tax planning, would say, hey, Mike, there's an opportunity for you to put another 1750 into your plan, and you can do that up until April 15th. So you can, you can actually fund your plan in two different ways for the same year yeah. to get it filled up. All right, so here we go. You, if you're eligible, if you've got an, an HSA-eligible, high-deductible health plan, you can open an HSA and fund it. Kevin just shared the different ways you can and the benefits of it. Now, here's the Jedi mind trick, because you might be thinking, how does this help me with, with taxes and retirement? I have medical expenses. I pull it out of the HSA, comes out tax-free. Yeah, it's a great benefit. I know there is a unique tax law that I don't know how long it'll be around where you can reimburse yourself from your HSA for medical expenses that you incurred when you had your your high deductible um, health plan or or after where you can reimburse yourself from it. And there's no statute of limitations. There's no time frame where, okay, I had that expense 10 years ago. Did I miss the window where I can reimburse myself from the HSA? No, no, not not right now. Where there is no, or you're not allowed to reimburse yourself from your IRA for charitable uh, donations you made via QCD that have to go direct with an HSA, that's not true. Therefore, if you structure your finances and your cash flow such that you max fund your HSA, and then when you have expenses come up, you just pay those out of pocket and you don't touch your HSA, well, now all of a sudden your HSA is long-term money. And mm-hmm. what should you do with long-term money? Invest it. Prudently, not mm-hmm. speculatively, prudently, mm-hmm. but investing it would, yes, it's going to be subject to the short-term ups and downs. Absolutely. And there will be times where you'll look and say, oh, my HSA is down. I put seventy-seven fifty in it, and it's only worth six grand. Ah, yeah, but given enough time, Long-term investing works, and therefore your HSA will grow, and then out there in retirement, you need cash, you need dollars to supplement Social Security, blah, blah, blah. Well, you've got a stack full of receipts, either on your phone, in the cloud, or in a shoebox somewhere, and you can start pulling money out of your HSA to reimburse yourself for those medical expenses long, long time ago and not pay any tax. Absolutely, and the other use case for that is some folks, when they hit 65, their income is such that they're instead of paying $160 a month for their Medicare Part B, they're going to pay 500 plus per month. Well, if you're a couple and you're each paying 500 plus, that's a thousand bucks a month. You can pay that thousand bucks a month and reimburse yourself out of your HSA. Big deal. That's it a big it deal. is a huge deal. So here's the thing, guys. Let's just put this all together. Running out of time. You it you can do proactive tax planning, looking at all six areas of your financial life, and draw up strategies to completely not pay any tax in retirement. Is that the goal? I would argue no. That's not the goal. Not because I want you to fund the government. I just rarely would envision a financial situation where, yeah, you know what? Pay all your tax now so you can pay no tax. I, I rarely would see the the what, the barbell approach, dumbbell mm-hmm. approach mm-hmm. being ideal. 
Instead, mm -hmm. I would want you to optimize it. We would want you to optimize it. Well, where are you today? What tax bracket are you in? What do you what do you project out with your income and everything out there in the future? All right, is is it a good trade right now to pay taxes today so that they'll grow tax free in the future? Or do you need that tax deduction? Or do you need both? That typically is what makes the most sense. And therefore the aim should be tax diversification optimized for your unique situation. Yes, for sure. And and this to me you know, we we might not have answered all the questions, but this is what makes it if if American soccer is the beautiful game in the financial world, financial planning is the beautiful game. Oh, yeah. This is what makes it so that you don't need help with your investments and just to buy investments from somebody. You need help understanding how you can make all of these things work to optimize your financial life over your lifetime. That's right. So we, we we end where we started, and that was Kevin's dead wrong that this was a show <laughs> about tax planning because you can't look at just, hey, should I do Roth conversions or contribute to the Roth? Yes, that's a tax decision. Absolutely. But if you make it with just looking at your taxes, you're going to say, give me pre-tax every day, all mm -hmm. day, every day. I don't want to pay the tax. I want the deduction today because that's your one goal. But when you look at the objectives or your goals in the other five areas of your financial life, then you can synthesize those different goals into one goal and one plan. You need that comprehensive financial planning. Your CFP that's doing comprehensive financial planning can help you with that, and certainly we can too. All right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, myself, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Do you want to never pay tax on your Social Security? I mean, one way to do that is never draw your Social Security. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never work. Yeah. Well, then you, you never pay taxes ever. Come on. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Have we got a strategy for you? <laughs> Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.